0: This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So, let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, fam. Welcome to episode 111. Today, we're talking about the top three things that you can do to help prevent death and disease, because... That is one question I kept getting. I think a lot of folks were <laughs> really surprised after the last episode that they learned that I hadn't been sick since 2015. Like that was absolutely mind blowing to them. And, and believe me, it's mind blowing to me as well. There are some things that I do, they're not magical. And so today's episode is kind of centering around that because the more that you can have focus on how you can extend your life and how you can make it more uh, vibrant and full of vitality. And you can increase not only your life, your longevity. Sure, that's great. Longevity is great. Like you can live a long time, fine, if you really wanted to, right? But my my thing is, is that I want to increase my health span. And <clears throat> what that means is my ability to live life, my ability to move freely, my ability to have good balance and good strength to pick myself up the, off the ground and, and things like that. Like I, my goal in life is to have a long health span. All right. Um, that's important to me. You know, I've watched uh, chronic illnesses take the lives of my family members over the years. And I've seen autoimmune illnesses impact my family members as well. And, and so for me personally, I just want to do my best Because I am more prone to autoimmune illnesses. You know, I'm hypermobile, so I am more prone to autoimmune illnesses because of that and, you know, because of my joint laxity. So it's it's important for me to enhance my health span should I have an autoimmune illness. Because here's the thing, even if you have an autoimmune illness, that is not a death sentence. That is not a, a, a chronic illness sentence in terms of like your life is over. Hell no, it is not. You know, whether it's a neurological illness that you have or some sort of thyroid disease or something like that, you might not have control over having acquired that disease, but you do have control over how you can manage your life and your health. In response to that disease and I think that that's incredibly important because I've seen it time and time again where individuals will just give up they get the diagnosis of a chronic illness and they just give up and I will, I'm here to let you know that I've several friends you know and of course this is all anecdotal and I've read several stories and situations about individuals who have been diagnosed with a chronic illness a an autoimmune illness that is debilitating and life-changing by nature. For example, a neurological illness such as multiple sclerosis, aka MS, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I've watched friends, quite frankly, thrive and and do their best with the medications that they need that are best for them and their lifestyle, and also continuing activity, continuing those strength-building and balance exercises that can help them expand their health span. Because, hey, it's great to want to live a long time. I totally respect that and I'm on bar- board with that. But I want you to think about the way in which you're li- living your life longevity-wise. I want there to be more health span in that longevity. I want you to be both, like I said, pick yourself up off the floor, have the balance, have the cognition, the cognitive ability to live a long life and still do crossword puzzles when you're over 80 and 90 years old, okay? So that's kind of the difference that I wanted to go ahead and and lay down at first the difference between longevity and health span, all right? Because I think I hear too often, longevity, I want to live a long time, I want to live long, yeah, so do I, but here's the thing, now of course not everything is in our control, of course, I know that, I'm not, you know, smoking from a dream pipe or anything like that, but... There are some things that you do have control over or at least more control over in the present day, in the current in the current life. And what's cool is when you look at these top 3 things to help prevent, you know, death and disease, they're going to also help you reduce your stress, you know, Im- improve your sleep, they're going to help you increase your immunity. And that I think is incredibly important. Um they can help lower, you know, chronic inflammation which can help prevent possibly, you know, some debilitating issues later in life. And again, inflammation is not necessarily a bad thing. Acute inflammation, very good thing. It's when you start to get into more of a chronic inflammation state, that can be a little bit of an issue. So please know I'm not fear-mongering or any of that other bullshit that I see wellness influencers do. Um, You know I'm against that. Uh, You know, these things can also help you improve your strength, improve your overall power, Powers, the first thing that you lose as you age, besides strength, and I think sometimes we forget that we forget our ability to to have power, to elicit power, and um, these things can also help you increase your mobility, help you, you know, improve your brain health and and your mood, and ultimately, of course, you know, help you be able and more more able bodied. I think. To, uh, to combat illness and disease and things like that. All right, I think Milo, Milo's in the room with me right now. He just had breakfast, it's early morning, which doesn't help my voice at all, I know, but uh, you're welcome. But if he starts licking profusely, I might have to pause it and start recording it again in a moment. So all of these things, all of these things that I just mentioned are incredibly important when it comes to improving that longevity but also your health span. All right. So, first one, you know, and and it's these are in no order of of, you know, preference, but I'm going to go ahead and say my first one is my top one per, personally, and that is to get high quality sleep. Actually, you know what? Mm, scratch that. <clears throat> Just get some decent quality sleep. Get some decent quality sleep. It doesn't even have to be high quality just needs to be freaking like good, decent. Like that way you, you, you just have to do the bare minimum. All right. And I think when we set up folks to do the bare minimum, then they do that, they acquire that skill, they acquire that habit and oh man, okay, let's see how much more sleep I can get. Then they got, start getting cocky, but in a good way, you know, because they're really trying to increase the quality and they, they see the, the positive feedback loop on how good sleep feels. Now let's see what excellent, level sleep feels and what you know really high quality sleep feels like um now of course the other two things that i'm going to mention that are in the top three they do help elicit like a better quality sleep but we'll get to that in just a moment but please know the quantity and quality of your sleep is fairly under control unless you're a new parent of course or you have like a new puppy and you know those things can be demanding puppies and kids so demanding good thing they're cute. And good thing they're just lovable. Um, But of course, depending on your age, you know, you ideally you're supposed to be getting at least seven hours of sleep, you know, aim for that seven hour mark. And I think that that could be fantastic because getting less than seven hours of sleep can and have been linked to, according to studies, high blood pressure, um, weight gain, uh, an increased difficulty with losing body fat when you're trying to lose body fat. So folks, if you're trying to lose body fat and really try to like help with your weight, sleep. I'm telling you, sleep. Sleep will also make you feel like a superhuman. It is no lie that I got some of the best sleep I've gotten in the past two weeks last night. And thank goodness I... Waited to record this episode until then because I am so alert. I'm firing on all cylinders. I have very limited notes in front of me, just like hand notes that I've, you know, put on my phone um, over the past week, just some bullet points. And I'm just going at it, you know, and I feel like I'm superhuman practically when I have better sleep. When I don't personally, when I don't get enough sleep, I feel like I'm dying. Like, I hate to sound so dramatic, but I do. I feel like I'm dying. I feel like there's something wrong with me. I feel like I'm I'm just, I'm at death's door. And I, I hate to, to use that verbiage, but that is literally what I feel like. Like, I just do not feel well. I am, I am you know, and then I'm expected to show up for other people in my life, my clients, my athletes, my friends, my family. And that is hard. It makes it really difficult. Difficult. So, getting less than seven hours of sleep again, it's been linked to weight gain, um, having difficulty losing some extra body fat, high blood pressure, which I can say from a fact and um, from personal experience, um, reduced, you know, mood swings, reduced libido, increase in mental health issues, and also a higher risk of chronic illnesses such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, dementia, stroke, Alzheimer's, cancer seriously, get some fucking sleep. Like I'm going to go ahead and put an explicit, uh, you know, tag on this episode because I am so passionate about this. This sleep is the one thing that people will set aside first in order for them to get shit done in their day. And I get it, especially, Hey, especially if you have kids and puppies, like I totally get it. There's obviously going to be some limitations there, But the sleep that you do try to get, try to make it high quality, try to make it as best as you possibly can and as much as you possibly can. But reduced sleep has been linked to way too many things for it to be neglected. And don't worry, I know, I keep promising you all, sleep will be a future podcast episode and I'm hoping to interview um, someone in the sleep field whom I love and adore. Um, Hoping she says yes. God, it's like asking someone out on a date, I swear to God. Hey, do you want to be on my podcast? um, please say yes, you know, check yes or check no or check maybe, you know, like those little notes you used to slide. Well, at least when I was a kid, uh, you know, keep in mind I was born in the seventies, but seriously, try it. Sleeping less than a recommended amount of, um, of sleep each night on a regular basis may also double your risk of dying. Yes. Double your risk of dying. And this was seen in, um, longitudinal study of about 10,000, British civil servants and researchers basically found that those who reduce their sleep from seven to five hours or fewer at night were almost twice as likely to die from all causes especially cardiovascular disease like that is completely mind-blowing to me and I, I found this in an, an article that I was doing research for when I was kind of throwing this together and and I that I just I had to literally read it twice because I was like what oh my god like that was just impressive to me. And hopefully that impresses upon you the importance of sleep. Like I can't, I just, I know I'm sounding like I'm, I'm, you know, repeating myself and I am for good measure, um, because it, it can just be so important. But here's the thing with sleep. I think a lot of us have a tendency to think, well, I'm a bad sleeper. Cause you all know, if you've listened to past couple episodes, I talk about Hey, I'm a shitty ass sleeper. Like I just do not sleep very well. I have a brain cyst that kind of impacts my circadian rhythm and things like that. So I need to do certain things and I do need to actually kind of lean on supplements just a little bit. And I don't like to say that because I don't like to use supplements first, but when I've tried everything under the sun and all the meditation and breath work in the world just does not do what it needs to do, then yeah, I needed to lean on a little bit of magnesium before bed. L-theanine, GABA, you know, just some things, just a little, like, again, the most smallest dose, just to help me with that circadian rhythm, and then, of course, helps me get up early, I've already seen the sun, you know, because now it's rising later, thank goodness, it's rising in the six o'clock hour, oh my god, um, especially here in Colorado, our, our sun, uh, cycle is a little bit different than other places I've lived, even during the winter. So our sunrise is even later than other places. It just depends on kind of where you fall <clears throat> in, the, in the time zone. Um, but, you know, the reason that chronic diseases and medical conditions, you know, basically skyrocket if you don't get enough sleep is because during sleep, your body is literally repairing and restoring itself on a cellular level. And this is especially important with Alzheimer's and dementia prevention because of the removal of plaque and the protein that is in your brain and just processing all of the memories and things like that over the day. And I think that that is incredibly important for to to go towards and to have that as a goal. So even if you do consider yourself a shitty sleeper, please try to change your language around that. You know, you know how much I think words are so incredibly important when it comes to just your stance on certain things and how you approach certain things because words have power. Words have so much power and they can elicit your mood and change your mood rather than, you know, more quickly than actually taking action on something. So please, if you consider yourself a crappy sleeper like I did, please change, change it a little bit. Change your word like, hey, I'm, I'm sleeping horribly now maybe it's because of a kid or a puppy, then that might be out of your control. But if you think that you're sleeping horribly now, think about things that you can do. And I'm going to give you some ideas, but again, just some bullet points to get you through. Cause I, I don't want this episode to be like an hour long. Okay. I know you all don't either. <laughs> no one wants to listen to my voice for an hour. Um, so things that you need to do in order to improve your sleep, you need to train your brain basically to get better sleep and, I know that sounds a little funny, but first thing starts with, you know, you thinking that you're a better sleeper. You're going to make an effort to being, becoming a better sleeper. Now, some other things that you can do is making sure that your bed and pillows are nice and comfortable for you and your room is nice and cool. So ideally between like 60 to 67 degrees is ideal. Try not to also watch any TV or work in your bedroom or bring your laptop in there and I mean, even try to limit your cell phone use in your bedroom because you want your brain to think of your bedroom really as only a place that you go for sleep, all right? So it's it's your refuge. After a long day, that is where you go to sleep, have sex, and read, you know? Really, ultimately, like that's what you want to think of it as is like a place away from all of the other stuff that might increase stressors and things like that in your life. And of course, that's assuming that your partner is not Um, and I, am saying this not in a joking way, actually. I'm actually saying this seriously, um, but of course now I'm laughing about it, but that's of course assuming that your partner is not, um, a root cause of your stress. And of course now I'm laughing about it. I I apologize, but... I'm saying that because I have been in abusive relationships in the past and yeah, my partner was a freaking cause of, of a source of stressors for me. So, and I don't even know why I'm laughing about that now. I guess I'm at that point in my life. Um, you know, it's been over 20 years. So it's important for you to have your room set up as a refuge that's peaceful and delightful, you know, get cheesy, Add some add some candles, add some good smelling stuff that doesn't aggravate any allergies or respiratory stuff that you might have going on, but make it a refuge that doesn't include technology. Um, do try to avoid stimulants, I'd say within like six to eight hours before bedtime at a minimum, and that's at a minimum. And also like super heavy fatty foods too, right before bedtime, because sometimes that can also uh, increase your body's like food processing and digestion I forgot what the word digestion was Um, right before bed so you want to kind of limit super fatty stuff which is funny because most of the meals especially if you do go out to eat and things like that it's gonna be really high fat Uh, again fat is not an an evil thing fat helps with your hormones but I'm just saying that higher fat foods before uh, bedtime can prevent you from going to sleep a little bit more quickly versus like a higher carb meal which I know that's that's a myth it's a myth that you've probably like fed into over time pun intended that carbs before bed will make you you know fat or whatever crap you have heard trust me i've heard it too um and i'm here to dispel those myths you're welcome so the other thing um try to make your room as dark as possible so put on some dark shades on your windows at least have some sort of blinds for crying out loud Um, this also includes blue light though. So, you know, cell phones, laptops, like I said earlier, Hey, you want those out of the room as well. Same thing with like louder noises. So if you do happen to live near the city center or near a train depot or something like that, you might want to invest in some earplugs because earplugs, I know you're probably saying, Jen, they're annoying. They hurt my ears, blah, 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 blah. Hey, I get it. I'm a small person. I have small ears, but happy ears from Sweden highly recommend them. I might link them in the show notes if I remember. Um, But check out Happy Ears. You can get a discovery pack. It has three different sides, sizes rather, and they're all washable and reusable. They're great. Also, so get some smaller size or kids size if you have smaller ears and you know, if you're a side sleeper and maybe it hurts you to sleep on on your side when you have earplugs in, get some kids earplugs or the foam ones that are smaller or something like that. You can usually get them online because unfortunately brick and mortar places, they just don't sell them uh, enough. Sometimes our ACE hardware right around the corner does sell them, but you know, it's like a pack of like six or something. So if you want to buy in bulk, you know, you're going to have to maybe buy online, which I hate saying that, but hey, I want you to get some good sleep. All right. I want you to have a longevity and health span. Um, During the day, so I mentioned this earlier, but during the day, I want you to try to get out into the sun, see the light as best as you can, as early as you can, right after you wake up, just for a few moments. And then, I mean, don't look at the sun. Don't stare at the sun. Don't ever do that. But get some sun on your skin. Get some, you know, see the sun, preferably, you know, without sunglasses if you can, uh, just for a couple minutes or a few minutes in the morning, you know, maybe play with the dog for a moment outside, whatever you need to do. And then of course, get, be able to see the sun as it approaches sunset. Um, that will help your body kind of set your circadian rhythm, which is awesome. Uh, and then of course, you know, get your bedtime routine dialed. This is actually something that we're doing in the Shred Strong program right now. And I'm trying to give my folks some ideas on like, hey, here's something that we can do, you know, to, to help establish a really good sleep routine And that can include like taking a hot shower or warm shower before bed or bath, um, you know, chilling out, meditating, doing some breath work. I know I've got a couple of athletes who have Peloton, so they'll actually do some of the Peloton app meditations before bed, which is so awesome. I love that. Um, and you know, and if meditation and breath work aren't your jam, that's fine. You don't have to do that. But even just like three nice deep belly breaths can really get you going. And if you can get up to doing like one or two minutes, even more, you don't really need to do more than two minutes of like deep breathing. But I'm telling you that magical belly breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, whatever you want to call it, it is life-changing. At least it has been life-changing for me. It's been life-changing for so many of my other clients who've who've really explored it as well because of just anxiety and, and tension and stress. And it feels so good to talk about it you know I, I've debated on making some podcasts that are like bonus podcasts here and there like maybe once a month it'll be like a meditation for the month or something like that I know it sounds kind of cheesy but I'm into that shit so bad because it has literally changed my life and um quite honestly has saved it so <clears throat> uh-oh. Milo's licking his paws if you can hear that I apologize but just know it's my woes um other things that you can do for a bedtime routine I'm real big on personally that work really well for me are to read a book reading a book helps you chill out but here's the thing the book needs to be something that's not about your work you know like I have some self-help and strength training and, and you know cycling training books that are in my kindle but I try not to read them right before bed because then that puts me in work brain mode I'm reading fiction um oh what the hell am I reading right now and holy hell it's so good uh, of course, that's the downside with Kindle is you don't see the cover frequently, but it's it's something about chemistry, which I know that sounds really freaking nerdy, but it's so good. It's so good. Uh, if I remember, I'm going to have to post about it because it is good. might need to check out my stories this week, but get into a bedtime routine. So whatever that looks like for you, seriously, figure it out, play around with it, take some time exploring things and please know your bedtime routine can change as you change and as your interests grow and things like that but get a solid bedtime routine dialed in because that will be so much better for you Um, because then you're gonna have like something that you're going to regularly, all right? So that's all I have to say about sleep. I think I've probably spent like 10 minutes just talking about sleep. I'm telling you, I'm gonna make it a standalone episode and I'm also gonna have some interviews with some experts whom I love in the industry and um, hopefully that will help you kind of dial that in a little bit more for you. Alright, so second thing. Oh, of course I just got a bulletin on my phone. I thought I had all of my notifications turned off. A little amber alert and I hope they're okay. Um but next exercise regularly or at least move your body with intention regularly. Okay. Of course, you know this is gonna look different for everyone, but exercising and, and, and especially working your heart in, in an an aerobic state in that zone two state is so crucial for longevity and health span. It can help prevent so many things. Oh man, I should have eaten before this. My stomach just growled and I'm I'm hoping the microphone didn't pick that up. Um, but it's early morning. I'm feeling good and I wanted to, I wanted to go ahead and do this, but, um, yeah, exercising, especially in zone two, helping with that aerobic heart health can help so much with preventing again, same things that solid sleep helps prevent cancer, cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, you know, stroke, diabetes, all of these things. And that's why these are, these things are in the top three here. Now, of course, you know, everyone's mobility is going to look different. You know, I have family members who Are mostly in a bed during the day just because of mobility issues because of chronic illness and and of course that's different but you can still do some sort of strength work even when you're in the bed or even if you have limited mobility because of maybe loss of use of your arms or legs or something like that Uh, maybe you have a spinal cord injury or something like that still it's, it's it's a matter when I say physical activity I don't mean you need to get up and be able to do jumping jacks no You need to just be able to do some sort of physical activity that is possible in your body and also preferably something that you enjoy doing. But the goal is to try to be physically active for about 150 minutes a week and individuals who are physically active for about 150 minutes a week on average have a 33% lower risk of all cause mortality. So basically all the reasons that they could possibly die excuse me that was like perfectly timed all right get some water in and this is compared to individuals who don't have any physical activity all right people who are basically inactive versus people who get at least 150 minutes a week so that's one reason why the 150 minutes is in your watch if you have a wearable device or something like that and there that's a reason why that's usually your weekly goal um, because it helps with longevity and health span. And that basically, if you think about it, that averages out. So 150 minutes a week only averages out to about 21 to 22 minutes every day for a week. And literally by doing that, by moving your body intentionally for 21 to 22 minutes every day, every week, you slice your risk of dying from anything by a third, just by from doing that. So Boom, there you go. Literally, walking. This could be walking. This can, you know, be walking the dog. This can be literally just going around and, and doing chores around the house, you know, cleaning a house. If anyone has ever cleaned dog hair from a house, that is a workout in and of itself, <laughs> right? Shoveling snow. It could be anything, anything that is physical activity, all right? Now, In addition, you know, exercise, even just walking at a moderate pace has also been shown to improve your cognitive function and it helps you manage your weight a little bit better, helps you reduce your risk for disease and strengthen your bones and muscles because you are getting stronger. You're having the ability to increase your balance and all of this stuff. Again, you know, this is incredible, incredible, and it's accessible for most of us. So Plus bonus here is you get, you know, that feeling after you've done some exercise or some sort of physical activity, you know, if you've done about 20 to 30 minutes of that, oh my goodness, you feel like you can maybe take on the world. You're going to have lower blood pressure after your workout too. So that's, that's actually something that happens immediately is your blood pressure lowers and your um, insulin sensitivity that increases, you know, and, and you're going to generally have the feeling of less anxiousness. And less stress, and it's going to help you improve your sleep at night. So, to me, it's a win win to try to get at least the recommended 150 minutes on up to 300 minutes a week for adults, anyways, of like some sort of moderate intensity exercise, like brisk walking, dancing. You could bike, you could play pickleball, you could play tennis, you can do some water, um, like some swimming or you know, weight training, whatever it is for you. Of course, a lot of you, it's mountain biking, gravel riding, things like that. Guess what? That counts. That totally counts. And if you keep up with this and you maintain that regular activity of 21, 22 minutes every day at a minimum, within a few months, you're going to see some improvement, generally speaking, in your resting heart rate, in your ability to do some sort of cardio a capacity workout you know, in terms of your breath work and things like that. You're going to see improvement possibly in your blood pressure even you know, plus you're going to have the reduced your risk of all cause mortality, you know, things that are, um, you know, a variety of cancers, for example, things that can basically kill you. So, you know, I think the other thing too, to point out here, a lot of folks, you know, I have the, I have the motto of, you know, fuck cancer. And that's because I've lost family members to it. I'm more prone to it. Um, just because of a medication that my, dad's mom had taken back in the, the 40s um so you know it was one of those things where like i'm prone to cancer just nat- naturally because of genetics however that doesn't mean i'm just going to sit here and wait for it to hit me hell no i'm going to do whatever i can do possibly to again increase my longevity and increase my my health span and at least control what i can control because guess what i can also help to reduce my cancer risk by taking action now and not just sitting on the sidelines. So, you know, please also change your mindset and mentality and words that you use when it comes to your genetics. Because yes, genetics do play a role in your health span and longevity, but you can control certain things that can make it a little bit better for you. All right. The third and final thing that you could do is try to eat more of a plant centric diet. I'm avoiding using plant-based because generally when people say plant-based, that automatically assumes veganism and vegetarianism. While I am pro-vegan and pro-vegetarian, you know, I was a vegetarian for years, here's the thing, that's not accessible for a lot of folks and it's not desirable for folks. You know, I now eat meat, so I, that's why I'm saying eat a plant-centric diet and you know, when I say that, it basically means trying to limit your limit the amount of red and processed meats that you're eating, so deli meats, things like that, uh, as well as red meats. Now, of course, I eat bison, like it's going out of style, so I eat bison at least once a week, but it is a higher quality red meat and also a healthier option for red meat. Um, same thing with elk, so a lot of like the game meats can actually be a, a good source for red meat if you're looking for red meat alternative to beef. But basically what this elicits or what this means rather is to eat more fruits and vegetables, you know, eat some more beans, legumes, and things like that. Get some more nuts, seeds, and whole grains in your diet. I mean, this is research that was published as as late as like 2022. And it all comes down to that, you know, trying to reduce any processed meats, red meat, and then trying to increase the whole foods categories in the other things, you know, like, like whole grains and nuts and things like that. Um, <clears throat> If you want a quote-unquote diet to follow, great, look up Mediterranean diet. You know, a Mediterranean diet is going to be something that is highly touted, of course, but it can help reduce the risk for, you know, high cholesterol, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, of course, depression even, cancers, diabetes. Like, it can help reduce a, the risk for a lot of these things that impact your health span, okay? Now, the other thing too is that it can also help with weight loss if that's if that's something you're keen on. But basically the Mediterranean diet is a way of eating mostly plant-based, so you're going to have mostly like fruits, vegetables, and things like that. But then also whole grains, nuts, seeds. Now of course I understand some folks are not able to consume whole grains. That's fine. Just consume what you're able to consume, of course. You know, just because you can't consume one thing that's in a diet doesn't mean that the diet is off limits. It just means that you need to alter something in the diet to help make it fit. All right. So the, the cool thing with Mediterranean diets is that, you know, eating more plant centric will help you get those, those micronutrients, Milo, dude, dude. Okay. I love him to pieces, but, mm. um, the thing with getting your vegetables and fruits and things like that in is it's going to help you get those micronutrients in those phytochemicals and, and help you get the vitamins and minerals that you need to support your, your goals here. Oh my goodness. I just, I'm going to have to stop this for a moment, I think. Um, but the other thing too, is it's going to help with fiber. So fiber is really what's going to help with increasing or decreasing your risk of colon cancer. And it's also going to decrease your risk of cardiovascular disease and diabetes and things like that as well. So fiber plays an incredibly important role. And that's what the magic is with having more of a plant centric, um, you know, diet. So I'm going to pause this and I'm going to kick him out. Okay. I'm back. So the thing that you have to remember is that you're just trying to eat more whole foods. Like that's the ideal scenario is you're just trying to eat more whole foods and trying to eat more healthfully, trying to eat a little bit less processed foods and, and just shift your diet around to have more fruits and vegetables and whole grains and nuts and seeds and things that you can tolerate, of course, you know, and with the added fiber, You're going to also, um, increase your intake of olive oil too. So if you're basically, you know, cooking with any type of oil, try to opt for some sort of olive oil and don't worry about the burn point as much and things like that. I mean, hell, that's even something that I started to follow there for a while because people made seed oils sound bad and awful and inflammatory. Um, it's not. So it's one of those things like just, just reach for olive oil, you know, like, come on, a lot of Europeans have been reaching for olive oil for hundreds of years thousands of years just cook with the damn oil it's fine you know as long as you're not burning anything to a crisp with olive oil you should be fine but you're getting all of those omega 3 rich you know oils and and omega 3 rich uh, fatty acids rather through you know olive oil fatty fish things like that that is going to be amazing because you're replacing your things, things in your diet that could be acutely inflammatory, that can eventually cause some chronic inflammatory, like processed meats and things like that, um, or cause chronic inflammation. I can't speak, but you're replacing those things with things that bring health. So, like I said, you know, eating more whole foods and plant-based, plant-centric, I should say, is going to benefit you so much. So even just trying, if that sounds overwhelming for you, even just trying to add another serving of vegetables or fruits each day is going to make a huge difference. All right. So start small. If these things sound overwhelming, start small. Like I said, 20 minutes a day of activity. Great. Break that up into 10 minutes twice a day for your physical activity. For sleep, just start to play around with bedtimes. You know, like what time do do you find is beneficial for you to go to bed and get ample sleep? Make that your bedtime, figure out your bedtime routine, like play around with it, experiment. You are the science experiment that you get to try and you get to kind of figure out what works well for you and what doesn't. And I think that that's exciting. And when it comes with food, great. Just try to add one more serving of of your favorite fruit or vegetable, you know, try to limit your red meat once a week to once a week or so. Just things like that, like small changes. These small changes can really, really, truly add up to massive shifts. Now there are a couple of bonus things that I want to add to this and but it's because I wanted to give you some top some top things to focus on, right? So you have those top three things. The two bonus things that I find can help with improving and of course studies find um, that can help with improving your overall longevity, health span and and just mood in general. <laughs> top two, all right? Bonus things. <clears throat> Excuse me, I was trying not to cough. Laughing trying to laugh as much as you can every day try to bring some sort of laughter into your day whether that's a silly cat or dog video um or you know watching a comedy at the end of the night after work there's some great 20 minute sitcoms that are out that you can access you know netflix hulu whatever try to get some laughter into your day laugh with friends and the other bonus thing is community sharing space with people all right as, you're, as much as you're comfortably able to, you know, whether you're introvert, extrovert, or what have you, try to have some friendships and try to have some really strong friendships. You don't need very many. You just need a couple in your life, but share space with people, be in community with people that you enjoy being in community with. And that can really help because, you know, humans are not meant to be solitary individuals. I'm sure sometimes some of you might wish that you you were in a solitary situation, However, we're not really built like that. We're you know longevity wise, that's not really going to help you live a long and prosperous life. But being in community with people and, and sharing space with other individuals is incredibly important. So those are a couple of the bonus things that I wanted to add. But ultimately, those, if you just focus on these top three things, you know, sleeping as well as you can, getting at least seven hours and getting some good quality sleep and eating well and exercising, moving your body regularly, if you focus on those three things, you can eliminate and or reduce rather a lot of your risk for a variety of diseases and and illnesses, and and live a long and and prosperous life. Live long and prosper. You know, I'm gonna do my little Star Trek thing here. Hopefully, this episode has been really helpful for you, and you've found it uh, something some sort of action that you can take at some point in your life. If you did, great, share it. I would love for you to share it on social media. Tag me at Shift Human Performance if you do, because then that way I can share it. And I know that you're sharing it and that just, it just makes me feel good. And plus it helps me get in to uh, the circle with other people and help them improve their life little by little in just a 30 minute podcast every week. So that's my goal is to try to keep these as short as possible. I know I've gone over a few minutes with this one, but it's important for us to share these ideas on how you can live your best life and most healthful life. So I'd love for you to share it, rate it if you haven't, and subscribe. I would love you endlessly. For now, I am very grateful for you for taking the time to listen to today's episode, and I will catch you next week. Have a beautiful day.